Well, good morning. As you take a seat, I just want to say I'm Colleen. I'm Natalia. And our mission here at 1128 is to help people do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And here at 1128, we lead with love. We extend extra grace because I don't know about you, but I need a lot of it. And this is a safe place to explore spirituality and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and this morning is going to look a little different um, than our typical uh, gathering space looks. And that is because Colleen and I, we have a passion for helping people make space. Um, We just love helping people get in a moment where you can just relax your minds, rest your bodies, kind of forget about all the distractions out there and actually step into time with the God who loves us, the God who made us, and the God who longs to be in relationship with you. And that's actually one of the values of our church, to rest intentionally. So a quick look at what this morning will look like. Colleen and I will be up here. There's going to be three different sections, and each section is going to end with a prayer and a time for reflection. So we just ask, be comfortable in your seat. It's gonna be a time to just think. There'll be some prompts to pray. And we'll come out of that with just more of the lesson. And we just hope today's very fruitful for you in rest and also in conversation with God. And this morning, we're continuing our Defense Against the Dark Arts series. Last week, Nikki and Mike talked about the full armor of God. And if you missed it, you can check it out on our website or the podcast. But this morning, we are talking about fear. We're going to talk about, kind of think about what we might be fearful or anxious about. And then we're going to say, okay, well, what does scripture say about it? Now, don't worry. I promise I won't talk too much about it. But if you know Enneagram... It's like this personality, it's way of like knowing more about yourself, how you interact with the world. I really like Enneagram and I am an Enneagram six. Now, if you know anything about it, the joke about sixes is that we worry about worrying. Like we worry about worrying. And as a kid, I was the biggest worrier. My mom even got me this pin that was like, don't worry, be happy. Cause she recognized I was always worrying. Like one time, my sister ran into a wall and there was a nail in it. I'm not exactly sure why, but she got a really big gash in her head. She wasn't crying. She didn't shed a tear. But there's me sobbing and hysterical as she has to go to the doctor to get stitches. And I was worrying to the point where I made myself physically sick until she was home and I could see that she was fine. Now, in my 20s, I denied that I was a worrier, but that was false. And now, as I'm older, I acknowledge that I have seasons and moments of worry. Like, for example, this past week with the tornado warnings on Wednesday, I was up, I work in a school, I was up on my third floor of the school. You better believe that I jumped up as fast as I could and started booking it down the stairs, stopping at different floors, making sure that the students in my building all got down there. 
because I work in a building where it's four-year-olds through eight-year-olds and I wanted to make sure they were safe. But then as I'm in the basement, I'm like, oh no, like my kids are, you know, 15 minutes away. They're also sheltering in place. I have a child who is also a worrier like me. And so then I worried about them. Recently, I also had a moment in a construction zone where there was a wall on one side of me and cars right there. And man, my breathing got really fast and I I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna get hit. I had, I had to work through that. And there's also times where I worry about situations. I analyze conversations over and over in my head. I replay what I said or how I should have said it differently. I, I'm, I'm probably always going to be a person that has worry, but I need to be intentional with how I handle them. Yeah, we all have these moments of fear, worry, anxiety, and they all look different. Um, we worry about things going wrong and the tangible things in front of us, like Colleen talked about. Um, if you're anything like me, I stress and fear and worry about everything I have to do alone when it's my own fault because I push other people away because I'm like, I'm the only one who's going to get it done right. Somebody's going to mess something up. Those of us who battle or struggle with you know, our own mental health, with depression and anxiety, we're often worrying about things that aren't realistic, things maybe that aren't actually going to happen. And it just takes over our mind and it cycles through. Actually, right before we came up here, I noticed fear is contagious because something popped in my mind and a new fear unlocked, right? I was like, oh my gosh, what if we get on stage? I'm not going to say what it was, but I thought of this crazy thing. That's you probably fine. She was, I was like, worried about I our never flies thought, I was like, down. What if our zippers came down when we're up there? And I tell her, which was a mistake because Enneagram 6, and she was like, great, now another thing I have to worry about. <laughs> And so I've been very conscious about that since we've been up here. But the thing about fear, it doesn't affirm us. It's this skewed lens, and it kind of fogs up the perspective of what's really going on. And last week, Nikki and Mike said, stop doing life alone. But those of us who are consistently struggling with fear or worry, like we know that also makes us super hesitant to share with anyone what's going on. But here's the thing about when you worry. You have a choice. You can step further into fear or you can run to hope. I'm sure we're all familiar with the term emotional baggage, right? The idea that you're carrying something not visible around and it's so heavy and it goes with you into every situation, into work, into your relationships, how you interact with other people, your focus. It affects every part of us, even our health. So as we go into this first time of reflection, I want you to consider what you're carrying around with you. What is heavy? What is burdening your soul? What are you carrying into tomorrow when today just started? Is it worry about your kids? Is it a relationship or a work situation? Finances, the state of the world. Maybe it's something you can't even fully grasp. You just feel this heaviness 
burden, this anxiety on you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this space that we can sit without distraction and just consider what is blocking us from joy. What is preventing us from fully stepping in to this day that you created? What is already holding us back from tomorrow? And that in this time, you bring us great peace to reflect and see it as it is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to continue this morning and in the Bible God says throughout the Bible do not fear do not be afraid do not worry there are parts where God even says like give anxiety to me and I read this sometimes I'm like yeah this is so easy to read this is so easy to see in print and then so hard to implement, to make it happen. And so this morning, we're going to read just a little bit about what Jesus teaches when he's actually teaching about worry and fear. And now, in this passage, it's going to be in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking to a huge crowd. Um, His disciples are there. There's a huge crowd. This is actually a famous message that he's giving, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is talking about different things, and then he starts talking about daily needs. Like, don't worry about having enough food, or don't worry about having clothes, because if God loves the birds, and if God loves the flowers, the wildflowers in the fields, like, how much more... Does God love you and me? But then Jesus takes it kind of a step further in verse 33 and 34. And Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, yeah, there might be issues, problems, troubles. But God's got us. And Jesus Jesus says, you know, God will provide everything you need. But then Jesus takes it one step further. Jesus is not promising that we won't have problems. Jesus is not promising that there won't be hard things in our life. But Jesus does say that when we are there, when we're in those moments, 
that we don't have to worry more and that God is with us. But I know this still might feel like one of those moments where we read it and we see it and we hear Jesus saying, yeah, don't worry. But we can actually later in the book of Matthew see Jesus deal with a really big emotion. So he had just finished dinner with his disciples, something that a lot of people, we still talk about a lot, the Lord's Supper, where they celebrated communion. And after the Lord's Supper and right before being arrested, Jesus says to a couple, just a few of his disciples, like, hey, like, come with me. Come with me and keep watch. And so they go to this big olive grove. And I just picture like these massive trees. I picture the moonlight kind of coming through one of them. And Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 26, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And then if you were to continue to read in Matthew 26, you'd see Jesus pray. Now, we don't know exactly how Jesus is feeling in this moment. He does say, my soul is crushed with grief. I'd like to think there's a little bit of, you know, fear, anxiety of what's ahead. Jesus knows that he's going to the cross. And Jesus's first response to that big emotion is to pray. Jesus goes right to God and on his knees. And I I just, again, I picture those big trees in the moonlight and I picture Jesus praying. And if praying is Jesus's first response to these big emotions, then maybe it can be ours too. And the second piece of it is that Jesus is not alone. Jesus takes disciples with him, his closest friends with him. Worry, fear, anxiety. I mean, I know that I'm probably always going to feel those emotions. And I really don't say this lightly, but we truly have a God that wants to be close, that wants to pour out comfort and peace on us. God wants to provide in that way. God wants us to be able to trust with even our biggest, hardest things. And then God also gives us others. God gives us communities, life groups, neighbors, people that we work with. God gives us others so that we don't have to do it alone. As we go into this next reflection time, I would encourage you, if you want, take out your Bible. Um, If you don't have a physical Bible, you can download version. It's a great free app. But go, go read, go see the bigger story of Jesus in Matthew 6 and Matthew 26. Maybe you don't want to read. Maybe you want to paint a picture in your head while you sit there. 
Maybe think about what your normal go-to is when you're fearful or worried. Think about what your first instinct is. And maybe think about how you might change that pattern. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your words in Matthew. We thank you for that Sermon on the Mount where you told us that you loved us so much, that God loves us so much that we don't have to worry about being provided for. And thank you for providing others to do life with. Help us run to you. Help us run towards hope when we are overwhelmed. Help us have a quiet and real moment with you now. Whisper to us. As you come out of that time of prayer, reflection, I want you to remember what Colleen said. Talking to God was Jesus' first response to what was to come. You've had some time to reflect and to think about the things that are burdening you. And I mean, maybe you just have one. Kudos. Maybe you're like me and you're like, oh, I have a scroll. There. But I want you to consider one thing. One thing that you're not going to carry into tomorrow. Positive results, they don't come from negative thoughts. And a lot of us know it's not as simple as a snap of the finger to get rid of those negative thoughts, right? But how, how are you leaving your interactions with God? To make that easier, think about how you leave interactions with other people, right? When, when you encounter somebody, and once they leave, there's one of three things that happen. There are those people that you just feel so energized by, that you're having a conversation, it's a good back and forth, and there's something about it that just like releases endorphins, and you feel good afterwards. You have like a new sense of optimism going into your day. You're like, I need to reconnect with that person. There are those conversations you'll have with people. An hour later, you'll forget you even had them. What do we talk about? Just very neutral. Nothing is given or taken on either side. And then there's those conversations with people that we secretly want to avoid, right? There's like something heavy that comes in and it just kind of like exhausts you and drains a little bit from you and you don't feel good afterwards. How do you step out of your interactions with God? Are they hopeful? Because if you're not taking the opportunity 
to grab hold of hope. You're going to continue to dwell where you are. And if you continue to stay where you are, nothing changes, right? You're going to stay in your fear. Fear is crippling. Worry is crippling. Anxiety is crippling. And we've all experienced it and will continue to experience it in different ways. But this is the thing. We don't like to see other people there, right? And so if we want to help other people escape the toll of those things, we first have to choose hope in our own lives. Nobody is going to grasp onto our account of hope, our account of God, if they see that we are still living crippled, burdened by worry. So today, it's your next step. It's your next opportunity to say yes to hope and no to your worries. And like I said, just one thing, think of one thing that you're not going to carry into tomorrow. Some of you may have noticed right here to my left, there's a canvas. And there's some paintbrushes that are already in paint. And if you're not a visual person, if just thinking on something isn't good enough for you, you need like that tangible release, right? So in this next moment of reflection, as you think about that one thing you're going to let go, I want you to exit to your left Come around. There's going to be a slide up here with colors that just represent different things. And wherever that burden or that fear that you're holding on to, I want you to come up, grab that color. I don't care how big, I don't care the direction. I want you to put a paintbrush stroke on that canvas. As you're promised that, like, I'm going to try. I'm going to give this to God and I'm not going to carry this with me heavily anymore. And this song, it's a praiseful song that's coming up. So as you come back to your seat, take it all in. And praise God that God is already in tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. And guess what? When you get to tomorrow, God's going to tell you again, don't worry about tomorrow because I'm already there. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that all the days and the hours and the minutes are covered by you. There is nothing in this lifetime, in this story, that is beyond you. And in those moments when it feels so beyond us, God, and we can't grasp on to the non-visual of who you are and your great power, God, that instead of digging deeper into the darkness, we choose hope. We choose you. We choose the freedom of a life that you don't necessarily say is going to be easy, but it's going to feel lighter. I pray, God, that everyone here who has a burden, who has a fear, who has a worry, who is struggling with anxiety, God, just looks to you and allows you to care for them in all their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.